Hello, hockey fans. Welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. This is another Stanley Cup final edition of the episode where Chris, Lisa, and myself, we're just going to talk about the first two games and then uh, maybe look ahead a little bit to games three, four, five. And Chris says we're going all the way to seven. Uh, so we're going to see about that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, hockey fans, we are we're in the thick of it now. There's no more than five games remaining in the season. Uh, obviously, there's only two teams left: Vegas and Washington. First two games uh, had a little bit different feels to each of them. Um, we're going to get into that. We uh, first, before we get into all that, we're going to talk a little bit about our draft preview show, our mock draft show on June 16th. We've got it scheduled for 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. It's two weeks from today. Uh, we're going to get deep inside the entry in the entry drafts with Mark Scheig and Dan Harrison. Uh, this will be Dan's first appearance on the draft show, and if I'm not mistaken, it's Mark Scheig's second or third even uh, appearance on third. the draft show. And what, third, yeah, he's been on all three. That's that's what I was thinking. Um, so what we do is I play I play Gary Batman Master of Ceremonies. So you guys start hold your booze until the show starts. Um, and then we, we just go through, are we doing the whole first round this year or just the lottery teams, Chris? No, 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 no. Just, just the first, the first 15, all the non-playoff teams. All right. And then I might have to throw in who I think the Knights might get at 30 or 31, just, uh, just because no, it is. They don't, the have, they, they, they don't, oh, they, they they don't, don't have don't. that. They traded it. You're right. That's gone. Yeah. It's a toss. Yeah. yeah. They don't have a first, like so to... they don't have, and they don't have a second. Unless they unless they do some moves, but uh, you're right, right. that that's uh, been traded away. Uh, so yeah, we're going to go through the lottery teams uh, one by one, alternating between Chris, Mark, and Dan on you know who 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 the best availables are and who who's the best fit for each team, and uh, make our mock draft selection. And it's always it's always a good time. Um, so make sure you tune into that on June 16th, two weeks from today. Um, that will be. We're going to have a free agency wrap-up show after about, you know, after about a week, somewhere around the the week of July 7th. Yeah, when the big guys sign. Um, yeah, when the big guys sign. Yeah. yeah. When all the big guys are off the board. Well, free agency will start on the 1st, and that Saturday is the 7th. So you figure right. in the first five days, uh, look look yeah, for that, that show sometime right. around July 7th. Um It'll be it'll be uh, our last show unless something big breaks on the Vegas Golden Knights end um, until they come to camp. We always take a little bit of the summer off unless something big happens or we get, you know, we line up a pretty good guest. Then we'll jump in and do a random show or two. But uh, it takes a lot to put the show together. Chris does an awesome job throughout the season lining up guests and coordinating the show. And uh, it, it just gets time for us to take a break as well. So that's Obviously, we're going to keep on going as long as the the Stanley Cup Finals go. I get they said that uh, sometime <laughs> could go as, as late as I think the seventeenth, if it goes to the seventh. So we'd obviously do a wrap up show on the twenty first, take a week off or so, or, and then well, not a week off because the draft is right around the corner too. So we're going to be busy for a little bit, and then we're going to be dark for a little bit, take a little bit of the summer and take a break, catch our breath, and then we'll be back in the fall when the everyone reports to camp with our, you know, our division preview stuff and show. But what what do you think about the the draft special this year, Chris? It should be, 
you know, it's always one of the fun shows that we do where it's not uh, focused and, and stringent on time or whatever. We just let it go and rock and roll. So it's usually a good time. It is. And we've been fortunate these last number of years. There's been a lot to talk about. But as you pointed out many times, every year there's just more and more uh, high-quality young players entering the league. This year's no exception. I mean, it's it's tough to think. Uh, you know, I can tell you this from doing all the different research for prep this show. You know, the Florida Panthers have the 15th pick. They're going to get a really good player at that spot. I mean, um, so this is a, this again another really good draft. Um, I have the number one pick with the Buffalo Sabers. Even I. Uh, probably can't screw that one up. So uh, yeah, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. It's always a fun show. We're gonna have Schreiger in and Dan Harrigan for the first time, and and I think Dan will bring a lot of great insights because I think four of the five teams he picks for, just by coincidence, are in the Atlantic, and he knows the Atlantic backwards and forwards. So uh, it should be it should be a great show. Yeah, and I, you know I've seen that there could be as many as like five or six defensemen taken in that first 15. So if if uh, Florida yeah. wants to go defense, the, the defense court looks to be the deepest set um, coming up, you know what I mean? So, or if they, you know, they have a lot of talent on forward. If if they want to, you know, increase that depth, some of the, some of the really good forwards are going to be sliding down with teams taking what they're hoping to be is their uh, number one, number two defenseman that high in the draft. So if you're doing your research for it, look at the defensemen because I'm hearing there's, there's a lot of talent that's really deep um, on yep. defense in this draft and, and internationally too, like we, like we talked about um, it's a global game. Now, number one pick is going to be a Swede, obviously um, there's, just go on down the list. It's uh, yeah, and there is. Uh, I I did find out from Russ Cohen, our buddy over at Sportsology, and you can find our show, uh, including last week's show with Alan Zolozinski. Shout out to Alan, who might be listening, and um, uh, on the Stanley Cup preview uh, show, which is still a good listen because we're only two games in. And um, I asked Russ, any anybody from Long Island to keep an eye out, and there is a kid out in Northport. Uh, named, uh, I think it's DJ King, uh, prototypical six foot, six foot one defenseman, uh, but he looks like uh, an early third rounder. So, uh, okay, I wonder if he's a relation, backup. relation with Dwight King, former, uh, former Los Angeles King. That might be, yeah, that might be. I think I remember. Re- I'm not sure. I have to dig deep on uh, on him, but yeah, he's like an early. Uh, Third round. I think he, Russ felt he was going to go around the third round or so. So no Charlie McAvoy situation this, this time around. Yeah, I mean, doing it the last three years has been fun because now, I mean, guys that we were super high on. I remember, I remember we yeah, were all uh, geeked on Kyle Connor, and and he's playing fantastic. Travis Konechny, I remember we were all big on. He's, yeah. you know, just watching that growth of these, these kids as we, you know, go over their OHL or WHL or international stats and uh, project them out and then watch them come in and, and make impacts on their teams early in their career. 
Um, it's to put it this way, Chris, it's a good thing they said that salary cap is going up to hopefully as high as 82 per because um, all these kids that are coming up, they're going to get paid. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. That's a good point, too. It'll be interesting to see where that number winds up falling. It seems like it's it's definitely going to go up. The question is, is going to be kind of in the high 70s, or is it going to be, you know, somewhere between 80 and 82? So. Hey Chris, we got a phone call on the uh okay. on the Vegas Hockey Hotline. You want to go ahead and take it before we get into the show? Yeah, sure. Hello, you're on with Mark and Chris on the Vegas Hockey Podcast. Who's this? Oh, how you doing? I was so glued to the Bachelorette yesterday. Uh-oh. Watching every frame of that thing, studying it. I watch that Hello? like a real man watches a Met game. All right. Not sure what that was all about, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's what you get on live radio. It sounded like Howard Stern calling in. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that was, that was, uh, all right. I don't know then. where that was going. Well, anyway, so everyone tune in for that, not for what we just heard, but for the uh, mock draft show. So, uh, so, yeah, so I'll throw it out there. First two games could have went either way. Caps could have had chances, could have won game one, come up short. Lars Eller with a glorious opportunity in the final minute, couldn't corral the puck. Uh, Vegas goes on to win. Uh, game two, role reversal. Knights could have easily won game two. Unbelievable save by Braden Hopi. I mean, it was just pure instincts, uh, obviously, but... Still, even still, unbelievable save by Braden Holpe robbing Alex Tuck with a little under the two minutes to go. And um, we're all tied up at one. You know, I think there's certain things that both sides have to feel uh, feel good about. Um, uh, you know, the Knights definitely, you know, getting some, uh, getting some depth scoring, not having Washington, you know, hurt them with their power play. In fact, they've only uh, – they've only – been shorthanded three times in the first two games, so that's that's a good formula to follow. If they don't have a lot of power plays, it's kind of hard for them to hurt you. Um, and they've only given up one power play goal in that time. Um, so, which you know, is inexcusable. I don't know. Uh, I don't no, know what it takes they, to guard. They've that only match. given up uh, one. They, yeah, they've only given up one. I guess they. <laughs> oh, How do you leave that guy and, open uh, on I, the left I, side? How do you do that? It's not a secret uh, I, anymore. You know. <laughs> it's not a secret. <laughs> How do you leave him open? Yeah. Goodness gracious! I'd rather play four on five on three and have someone in his back pocket than give up a goal to him from the left side on the power play. I mean, any more cliche? I, uh, I goodness think he gracious! Likes that spot. He may, he may, you know, feel likes. a little comfortable there. I mean, I'm not a hockey coach, uh, but goodness gracious. And then, and then uh, you know, the Knights had that, you know, speaking of five-on-threes, they had a five-on-three, which you almost never see, uh, very rarely seen the playoffs, let alone the Stanley Cup Finals. Should have been a penalty so shot. So that, that's, yeah, that, that, so that one by the wayside. And, um, you know, they, they had five, and they had five power plays in game two. They did score on one of them. But, um, but like I said, I think it's been very entertaining hockey. I think, uh, as you said before the show, Knights haven't played – their best game yet. I think both teams can can say that. I think both teams feel 
Like, all right, we're happy with you know with these parts the of our game, but we but we have to we have to get better, you know, uh, defensively yeah. or especially you know from Washington perspective uh, uh, from that standpoint. But um, yeah, no, I, I think it's uh, I think it's been great for so great so far. I gotta hand it to Braden Holby because, um, not because of the save. It was it was a, a great save, obviously. But the last two days, every time he's had a mic stuck in his face, it was, "What were you thinking when you went across and made that? What did you see on that play?" Well, let me answer that question for Holby honestly. He didn't see anything. He wasn't thinking anything. It was purely an athletic response. He knew where the puck was. He knew where he was going, and he threw his stick and hand across, hoping to get a piece of it. And because he was quick enough to get there, he smothered the puck and made the save. You don't think in one-tenth of a second. You don't look around and see in one-tenth of a second. And I'm not really bashing the national hockey media. Maybe I am a little bit. But to get past the what did you see, what did you think, what were you feeling at the time, because there's it's a freaking tenth of a second play. The guy made a phenomenal save. The, the tenth of a second it, it took him to physically react on instinct and years of athletic training, there wasn't time for thought. There wasn't time to look out and see and analyze the situation. Dude came across, made the biggest save of the series so far, and that's how it was. So, Hopey, I answered the question for you. Hopefully, you don't have to hear hear that again. It was a re, it was it wasn't even a read and react play. It was oh crap on beat and threw his stick and hand across and made the save. That was what he was thinking. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the more I, – from, from what I, I was thinking about this today in preparation for the show, I mean, to me, it's – the games have been so close. I think at the end of the day when this series ends, uh, and like I said, I'm sticking, I'm sticking with my guns, seven games in OT and game seven in OT, um, I think we're going to go back and say, you know what, the difference in this series was these three or four plays. And I'm not, well, I'm not saying that Hopi saves going to be one of them because that only matters if the Caps win. But again, I feel like this is a complete coin toss. But having said that, if the Caps do go on to win in a lengthy series, I think that you'll go back and say that, uh, and say that was one of those three or four plays. And conversely, too, with the, uh, you know, with the Golden Knights uh, as well. So uh, I think it's, you know. To me, the the difference in you know in, in play, talent of the team, how they're playing, uh, the coaching staffs. I mean, I think it's all pretty top notch. And uh, you know, if I was Washington, I'd like to see a few more power plays. And if I was Vegas, yeah, maybe putting a guy in number uh, that uh, Ovechkin guy might be a, a good idea. Just just once in a while when they're on. But see, there, here's the thing: the the Brayton Holby save. Uh, obviously, fantastic play, but the the problem with the Golden Knights in Game Two was that they couldn't get through the neutral zone with it, with their usual amount of speed. Washington did a real good job clogging up that neutral zone, and then you have about I think it was thirty to forty seconds of power play time, and then it went to the five on three, and then you had the leftover uh, leftover power play time four on three, generated nine shots on those power plays and didn't convert. I think that's more of the difference in the game than the Braden Holby saves. The, Bra- the the that's kind of a fluke play as they dumped it in and it shot out um at a, at a crazy angle and then 
threw it back across to Tuck, who who was in the right place at the right time and banged it in hard and it just didn't go. But spending right. three, three and a half, four minutes on a power play in third period of a Stanley Cup final game and, and two of those minutes on a five on three and not converting or even, you know, they had nine shots, Chris, but they didn't have a uh, high quality scoring chance where Holtby had to stand on his head and make a save the whole, the whole time. Um, really, I, I, I'm a fan of the Golden Knights power play. They do good with the puck movement. They do, they do move it high, low. They do move it laterally and they do move without the puck, which watching Kings hockey for a long time, um, a lot of the time on the power play, those guys just stand there and, and go station to station with it. But there's a lot of movement and a lot of motion on, on the Golden Knights power play. That was really maybe the worst power play at the worst time that we've seen the Knights put on in the playoffs. Um, and, I, and I don't know if it's pressure. I don't know uh, uh, what what the deal was there, but didn't make, you know, in a five on three, you have to make the goalie move side to side and you have to make him make an acrobatic save. And the Knights just weren't able to do that. And I, I think that's way more important and something the Knights can work on going forward than, than the Holby save as far as golden Knights are concerned. Um, yes. Washington for yeah, sure. Uh, if they go on and win the series, yeah, they're uh, going to point back at that and saying, Oh yeah, that save put us in the right direction. Yeah, on that on five on threes, you know, you want to get uh, get movement, get get the other team moving, and then get a high, you know, it, you get a good shot, and then it, even if the, if the goalie can obviously make the save, but uh, create that rebound. rebound chance because then you you're going to have the obviously you're going to have the numbers, so um, yeah, that's what you that's what you want. Uh, you want movement. And you can, especially if you can get that rebound close to the net and you have the numbers, well, you know, it's not a guarantee, but you got to like your chances. Well, the thing is, too, Holpe had been suspect in game one and early in game two um, to giving up kind of soft rebounds. Um, and the Knights were able to capitalize on a couple of them in game one. But, it, you know, he hasn't been the best, you know, at – controlling his rebounds and, and smothering the puck as it comes into him. So just line and, – and I'm not the guy who sits there with the teams on the power play yelling shoot all the time, okay? But in that situation, hard shots from the point on the net, crash the net, bang at the rebound. That's And I didn't see that out of the Golden Knights on that power play. And, you know, sour grapes, whatever, they, they – that's where the game turned for me because when they when they made it three two, I thought okay, the the momentum had changed a little bit. The Knights were coming, they were drawing penalties, and you capitalize on that. Even if it goes to overtime at that point, I think the Knights still have a really good chance to win. Um, but that opportunity slept away, and that's something that they can and they can also clean up their their uh, puck control through the neutral zone if they have to go up and over, then go up and over. And if you have to go down the boards, go down the boards. But um, Washington's not going to let them come through the neutral zone with speed. Um, they're they're putting four or five guys up above their blue line, so you got to back them off and get it up and over. And if you can't get to the red line, chipping it up and over and avoiding the icing um, is going to let their the speed of their forwards get in past the Capitals um, while they're turning around to skate the other way and create opportunities for them so that's something i think that too that the, that uh turk Gallant is gonna 
you know, clean up and, and come up with a game plan to get through that neutral zone and break that press that the Capitals did do effectively in game two. So now for me, heading into game three, a couple of uh, keys. You know, Washington now, heads back home. You know, it's no secret. I think the Caps record on the road in the playoffs is 9-3, and three, which is phenomenal. But they're very uh, less than pedestrian, 4-5 and five at home. So we'll be curious to see, can they play better on home ice? And, you know, uh, in terms of, uh, again, the Knetsov status, was a big part of that team, one of the, you know their top scorers, who uh, got injured early in Game Two, did practice yesterday, which if you're a Caps fan, that has to be somewhat of a good sign. But you know, will he be in the lineup uh, tonight? Uh, the Caps have battled through injuries in these playoffs. They lost Backstrom for a couple games and powered through it. I mean, for the most part, they played Game Two without Knetsov, and they were able to get the victory. So. Um, you know, that, those are going to be two big keys. But, you know, again, they told you before the show, uh, I, I think it's going to wind up being 2-2 heading back to Vegas. Yeah, I'm looking for a split, too. And, and, and you know, it would be nice to have uh, game three so you're not looking at the, the must-win scenario of not going down 3-1. Um, but e- either yeah, way. Yeah, no I doubt. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of pressure on the team that loses tonight. Uh, obviously, from a cap standpoint, the pressure would be huge because they would uh, be facing, if they lose game four, if they're losing game three, of, uh, you know, having to win three, in a, uh, not only having to win three in a row, but heading back to Vegas. At least Vegas, you know, could hang their hat on. Two of our last, uh, two of the last three games of the series are at home. We, we've been phenomenal at home all year, including the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, without a doubt, uh, the loser of this game tonight, they, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a, an extra amount of pressure on them, uh, you know, for for Monday night's contest. Yeah, for sure. And and they uh, a stat going around town here was the the team that wins game three after being tied one one wins the series seventy eight percent of the time. Um, so yeah, okay. that's not a situation that the Golden Knights want to get into nor is it a situation that the Capitals won. Now, obviously, every, a lot was made about the Capitals' road record, and now they go back home, and they're 4-5 and five in the playoffs at home. So, um, And the Knights, you know what? It's time for them to get out of town. There's, they, you know, they, they, open, they open at home. They have all the demands, all the pressures of people who want to come to Vegas and get tickets, and their third-grade teachers calling them up, and, hey, can you get me in? Um, time for the – and, look, they come off the Winnipeg series, one game, one of the Stanley Cup finals. They've won five games in a row. The Knights aren't going to win every freaking game, okay? Um, it's just, it's just not realistic. You're 13 and three in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now, 13 and four, and uh, let's let's slow our roll and and gather ourselves, get out of town where we can be the guys that are just focused on hockey and preparing for the game. And now the Capitals have to deal with the external demands and distractions of being the home team and and the the third grade teachers calling them up for tickets and every every other thing you have to deal with. Um, and let the Knights just slip into the back seat and and get back to playing Golden Knights hockey. Um, I think I think I like the Knights tonight in Game Three. It's kind of a toss up, but uh, it's good. They haven't been out of town in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, pressure starts to ramp up the later you go. So 
let's uh, let's get out on the road. Well, let's get together. Well, I have a question. Sure. Do you think sure. uh, Tom Wilson's third grade teachers liked him? I mean, uh, well, probably, not. Sure, you know, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I'll tell you what, though. You bring up a good uh, point. And I got to shout out my boy Jake at work who brought it up. Um, Tom Wilson was in the Golden Knights head in game two. They had Nate Schmidt's head on a swivel looking over his shoulder. Um, I, I haven't seen that happen to the Golden Knights yet. That was the first time I saw them get preoccupied with, um, you know, extracurriculars and, you know, worried about where another player was on the ice. And they have to get past that. Tom Wilson did, has done, you know, he's the Steve Avery, the modern day Steve Avery pest. Um, if better player, if he's gonna, if, huh? Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. But yeah, if if he can stay in the Golden Knights' head and affect the way they're moving the puck and reacting to it in their own zone behind the net, then that's that's ah, I don't want to say it bodes ill, but it sure bodes well for Washington Capitals if they can if he can stay in their heads because they were certainly. Uh, affected, and I want to say mentally, by Tom Wilson in in the latter stages of Game Two or Game One, and uh, the middle to late sections of Game Two. Um, yeah, was the, it Carlson or Marcheseau that he got in Game One? Was it Carlson or Marcheseau? Oh, it was it was Marcheseau. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, my my advice, and I'm not a Tom Wilson fan, though, is you know you can't be in center ice like that with your head down. No, for sure. But you, you should not be expected to get hit when the puck is three seconds off your stick, up the boards and in the zone, and right. you're still 10 feet to the right side of the, gla- of the, of the glass. You know what I mean? But, no, he, 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 right. he fell prey to the uh, watch my pass. You know, you're coming through the neutral zone. You throw it over to the left. Uh, your guy gets it and chips it in, and you're still watching it. Um, Let's let's make no bones about it. Shoulder to shoulder, there wasn't any intent to the head or anything like that, but right. it de- definitely late. And then the whole it, and I didn't catch it on the broadcast either. You remember the scrum that the the uh, referees went to after that? And Don, I think it was Don Cherry pointed, or no, it, maybe it was was Milburn. Somebody pointed out that the linesman can't make a, ru- a roughing or or interference call, but they were in that that referee huddle. Um, the, the problem was nobody pointed out that the Perron was coming off the bench to check Ovi in the back like he did. And if Ovi gets up and engages him, that's a 10 game suspension for David Perron for coming onto the ice and joining a fight. So Ovechkin's cool headedness and not willing to engage and take an extra penalty on himself actually the wrong play to make in that situation because if he gets right. up and drops gloves on Perron, Perron's gone for the rest of the year and the start of next season. That, that was, right. I didn't realize that during the broadcast that Perron had come off the bench. A friend of mine at work, uh, my boy Jake again, said, dude, that was, that was, they were talking about Perron and whether he was going for 10 games or not. Um, was, oh, man, I didn't even realize that. So – uh, yeah, it was yeah, Marshall, and, and then let's face it, part of the Caps' game plan is gonna be, you know, try to, and I thought they're gonna get intimidated, but try to be a little physical uh, with uh, both Marshall and Carlson, even if they can get them off their game just a touch, 
or, you know, having thinking about things that they did. normally wouldn't think about. And, you know, yep. who better to do that than Tom Wilson? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the the Golden Knights first line, very effective in game one. Um I'm looking it up right now because I don't think any of them have. So, a point. what have you? What What are your thoughts on Slurry's play? I mean, I think he's been really good. I mean, I don't think he's played at the level he has in the other series. No, but he, to be fair to him, that's that's you know to play it's unrealistic to expect someone to keep playing at that level. And and you know sometimes even when you're playing at that level, the difference between the puck going in the net and the puck not going in the net, or making unbelievable save and the rebound just slightly escapes the opposition versus the ghost of the opposition. I think the Caps, though, have done a good job in a couple of their goals of, you know, using Flurry's aggressiveness against him and having Absolutely. a goals, uh, you know. But, um, you know, to me, I, I, I think he's been, you know, I think he's been uh, really good. And he hasn't been outstanding. I think he's been good enough. I think the right. play in front of him has has dropped off to the point where it's going. Obviously, I, I've seen more open net backdoor plays by Washington in the first two games of this series than I've literally seen all year long against Mark Andre. Um, and and he got his blocker on that Ovechkin power play shot. He almost uh, he almost knocked that out. I mean, that was really close to making the save. But, yeah, when he comes out of his net uh, towards either wing, the Capitals' game plan has been to get a puck across. And on the on the couple, three times or four times that they've been able to get the puck through on the Golden Knights' defense, um, it's a slam dunk. And, and I've seen that more in these first two games than I have all season where the, the Knights have to be aware that the cross-ice pass is coming, as well as Marc-Andre Fleury is playing right now. You don't have to oversell on the guy coming down the wing 15 feet away from the net. Mark Andre has his angles down. He's playing great. He's going to make the save. You need to make sure that pass doesn't go across. Um, right. There was a like there was a play in game one, Lars Eller, wide open net. And if, if uh, McNabb doesn't come back and could have been a slashing call, but uh, stick check him, if you will, um, and delay him from pulling the trigger on that, that's a tie game in, in game one or game one as well. So I think Actually, I don't I, think Mark Andre. Go ahead. Well, I don't think Mark no, Andre's play has right. dropped off enough to the point. I think that the the play in front of him and and credit to the Washington Capitals and the game plan and execution. Um, I think his defensemen need to be more aware in front of him that they are looking for that cross ice pass and not sell out to the wing and make sure you guard the back door. That's that's three of their goals. Um, you take off the board two of them in in game one, and and let's face it, in game two, the the puck luck kind of went a little bit away from the Golden Knights. The Orpic goal hits Tuck, bounces straight down. Uh, Flurry actually had that yeah. deflection covered low, and then it hops back up. Uh, Chippy Ice or what have you goes off the post, almost out again, but then sneaks inside the far post for a goal. A guy hadn't scored in 220 games. So uh, you can't blame Flurry for that goal. You, I don't blame no. him for the backdoor goal. But but to be um, to be to be the con, to be the contrarian, I would say, uh, and it was great play because at the end of the day, get pucks on net. But Shea Theodore's mm-hmm, goal, mm-hmm. which you know Hopey couldn't see, you know that's just a lesson of both. Both of those goals are a lesson of, you know, when you get pucks on net, 
you know, good things can happen. Well, great. Glad to applause Eller because, uh, you know, he's been a really good player for the Caps during this, these playoffs. But when they Especially had when he an injury up. situation, that's it. Yeah, when, you know, 100%. when Batchin went down uh, in the Tampa series, he went from being, you know, a really good contributor for them to a primetime guy. And he did it again uh, the other night. I, I believe he yeah, he had a point in all, on all. Did he have a three-point game the other night, uh, I believe? Uh, but he go, really uh, goal and an assist for sure. Okay. Let me see. But he goal. really stepped up. Assist. Yeah, goal and two assists, sir. Yeah. So he's really 100%. stepped up for them at, at at critical times when they've been uh, you know missing one of those uh, key contributors. But uh, yeah, get no get pucks to the net and never. I never. Heard not a bad of, idea. Uh, yeah, it's not a. Uh, but I'm I'm really pumped for tonight's game. I think uh, yeah, I'm you know I, I'm rooting for this series uh, to go seven because it's been it's been a while since we've had a game seven. And I think that I read this incorrectly. It's been a little while that the Stanley Cup Finals has been one one after two games. Is that I read that in the paper the other day and uh, and I couldn't believe it. But um, so. Uh, It'll be it'll be interesting to see, and and also too, it'll be interesting to see if the, with the players having an extra day off for travel, uh, you know, will they uh, will, will be a little more spry, if you will. I can only help all the all the all the guys on both teams. Yeah, I'm wondering. Kuznetsov did skate yesterday. Have you heard anything about him this morning? No, no, that's under lock and key. I mean, you, you'll yeah. you'll know when they. <laughs> You know, when they're coming out, they're not going to tell either. I mean, either way, you know, from that standpoint. One would think that these alpha tonight, that you'll see him again in the series, but that's just pure speculation. So uh, I know Ovechka made a comment after the game the other night saying, oh, he'll be in there. So I don't know if he knew something or if that was just him saying something. Um, so Yeah, that's gamesmanship. Yeah, I, 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 he doesn't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if like someone on the bench. I don't. You know, um, I mean, it looked bad. You know, I mean, playing, my, Backstrom's playing, first, and you can clearly see that he's he's suffering. Uh, I mean, he can still skate. He can still really move the puck, but uh, you know, he he's playing with some sort of injury, which I'm sure most of them are. I mean, this wow. is what game yeah. game one. Have they have? Uh, I don't know if the Knights have gotten to 100 games yet, but I think the the Caps have. Not yet. They're at neither. They're what are they? Thirteen and four, so eighty-two and seventeen, ninety-nine. Oh, there you go. So tonight's their hundredth game. Tonight's their hundredth game. That's a well, lot yeah. Backstrom. Someone snuck a picture of his hand, and um, I saw it on Twitter. His hand was was still even in. I think it was before Game Seven in Tampa, where right. he was coming in, and and he pulled his hand out of his pocket. And if you notice it when he's on the podium, he keeps his hands below the table as well. His, yep. I believe, his right hand was amazingly swollen. So not to be, yeah. uh, not to condone any dirty play, but you know, if you know the right hand is a little sore, and you know that Kuznetsov's left arm, elbow, wrist, whatever it was, is a little sore, you might want to check that side of the body tonight, boys. <laughs> Just get him on yeah. the right side of the body. Yeah. Full time hockey. Yeah, I'm baby. sure those guys are. Yeah, they're they're trying to you know protect those 
those those those areas and uh you know whatever they can you know take to kind of help them get through the games kind of thing um uh i don't know whatever I, it takes uh, you know I'm, uh, that's beyond my pay grade if they can put some i don't know whatever they put on those kind of things oh uh, they'll do some nummy num they'll do some nummy num yeah yeah that's what i figure so uh got to do it drain look, it numb guys it, who aren't, it. even the guys who aren't quote unquote injured I mean, there's, as you know, just a ton of, you know, uh, and bangs and bruises and black and blues yeah. and cuts and, I mean, and just tired. I mean, like I said, I mean, this is uh, uh, just absolutely, you know, to play, to be at 100 games for the year, um, you know, part of the, the, the team that wins the you know, satisfaction is, uh, you know, they, they have a summer ahead of them and no one's going to hit them, be, be it a Bonnie or a Pup. Yeah, I, someone was talking about too that the uh, the length of time off between the conference final doesn't really reward a team like the Knights who finished up their series in five games, and then the other team goes a, a, a deep seven, and then they end up with four. What do they have? Four days of rest after the conference finals the to get to the uh, Stanley Cup. Yeah, finals? they they won on they won on the Wednesday night. Um, and it didn't start till Monday. So they played Monday night. They started right. on Monday. And then uh, and the Knights, uh, they had to travel. What been, were. Uh, well, they the came Knights, home from Winnipeg, uh, but still. Uh, they won on a Sunday. So they won on a Sunday so that, a week later. So they had they, a full seven days. They had a little bit more time. And they, and, yeah. and they didn't have to travel as much. Would have been nice to get that thing fired up Saturday night, though. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, but they play like, Wednesday. That's, but that's all Let's sad. go. I, I, I think uh, the last couple of years with NBC as a partner, uh, I, I I know it was last year. Game one has always been Memorial Day night. Is that right? So that's that's not a oh yeah. Okay. That's, that's okay. something that's set in stone. That's not you know that's not a thing out there where oh what are we gonna do? And um, I know at least for the last two years. And that's probably a formula they'll, you know, they'll continue. To, well, what do you think about the two days that? travel time between games two and games three? I mean, we're getting we're going to be in like the third week in January or June before this thing's done. Do we? No, is that too long? Be, um, so, is that too much? Well, no. You'll have game three tonight, and then game four will be on Monday, and then game five will be next Thursday. Thursday. Which right, means, and then so that's uh, then two and games then, so off. Game six is a uh, game six is. Next Sunday, provided there is one, obviously, uh, that's the 10th. Uh, and then we'll finish up Wednesday. If there's a game seven, it's, yeah, the Wednesday the 13th. You know, they all go across the country. I mean, it's a, it is a long flight. Um, I mean, I don't don't have a problem with it, per se, you know. I, I think it's... What do you uh, think of the 2-3-2? Two, two? Uh, uh, Instead of yeah, the 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. You know, a lot I don't of people, like it personally. I just wanted to get your opinion. Yeah, a lot of people over the years felt that wasn't fair to the the team with home ice. To be That's honest, my with feeling. You. Um, yeah. So. Um, I mean, if you lose one at home, you might not see home play. ice. Yeah, and what the whole point of two three two is, you know, less travel time. But right. That's the. That's the I only. Know, thing. I I, I kind of like I I like the two two one one one. 
personal. Okay. I think that's yeah, I just wanted I to see where you're at with series. that. I agree. Yeah, I, agree. I, like, I think it's a better series that way. So, yeah, the 13th will be – there's a game seven. It will be on Wednesday the 13th. And um, Well, the Kings won yeah, their no, first we'll cup on June 12th, so it's not there unprecedented. We've been we've been down this road yeah. before. So you so I think we both feel very confident. We're, one way or another, we're going to be two two after Monday night. I oh, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd be very surprised if the team was it could be up three one. If if a team goes up three one, who's more likely to be that Knights or Caps? Uh, I don't know. I I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm not trying to be wishy-washy here, but, I mean, seriously, you watch these first two games, not that, you you could point to, well, the Knights could have done this better, could have done that better, could have gotten a better break than this better, or you could say the same thing about the Capitals as well. For sure. I'm sure as much as you were saying that on game, game one, the Knights weren't particularly thrilled with how they played defensively, well, if they weren't particularly thrilled, I think you can take that and, you know, increase it by 20% in terms of the Capitals' uh, play defensively yeah. in game one. So, you know, I, I really I really don't know. I, I think these, these games have been oh so close, and um, it's like a, it's hard to say. Um, I'd like to see how many power plays the Capitals get over the course of these next two games because that's – Mm. Now, that's something that they they've hurt people with. There's no doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And uh, the the Knights have had a great formula so far. Stay out of the box, you know. That's, I mean, I that's, would, uh, I would that's the key, fan, right? If I was a Knights fan, uh, as bad as that one goal was that they gave up on how or how they gave it up, I would sign up for uh, uh, only being shorthanded three times in the next two days, uh, two games. Oh, for sure. For sure, and then and then guard that guy at the number eight on the other team. He's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. He's and not too bad. I, I heard he likes a certain spot on the ice. Yeah, you know, you know, Line A and Stamkos both like that same little area. Um, so maybe pull up some old tape of the the Tampa Bay Lightning and Winnipeg Jets too, because those two guys kind of stay in that same spot as well. But the, you get but a whole fairness, bunch of tapes how to play that. The caps, the caps do do a great job of moving the puck on the power play. Uh, absolutely, and, but you got to keep your stick in the right spot if you're defending the middle of the ice too. The one that came through to right. Ovi, England had his stick up high, high slot, and the, I forget the passer, but he got it between Flurry and the defender, down low, almost through the paint. That can't get through. That's a breakdown. That's not a, a, a great play. That's a breakdown on the Knights' part. Yeah, I mean, I know it was saying pick your poison, but you gotta let you gotta let somebody else beat you. You, you know, and don't get me wrong. Yeah, you know, these other 100%. guys could have uh, could OG beat you, and you know, easily. But you gotta let somebody else beat you because you know what? He's we were beat. talking about it. It was it was Lars Eller who made that pass through the crease. As we were talking about Eller, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, they have other guys that can beat you, but you got to make them do it. Yeah, we got about a minute uh, left, Chris. Close it up. Uh, well, we'll be back next Saturday. With uh, we'll be interesting to see. Odds are the series probably won't be over, 
so we'll figure we'll have to try to figure out we'll see if we'll get a guest for next week or not. The week after that is the mock draft show. Then we'll take a break a mini break into the free agency show. So uh so basically we have three shows left of the season, which is amazing. Feels like no kidding. it just feels like yesterday we did the season previews. So uh No doubt. You know, everyone enjoy enjoy the hockey. Uh I know you're gonna be glued in. Uh uh you know don't get too high if they win tonight, but don't get too low either if they lose. No, no. Uh, Not I, a hockey left. Shout out to my man, Alan Z, who's been a lifelong capital. Uh, you know, I, I, I shouldn't say this on the Vegas Hockey Podcast, but uh, I, it would be nice to put a smile on my, my boy's face, Alan Z, uh, if the, the Caps could finally win a championship. Well, uh, game three tonight, 5 o'clock, be there, be square. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast with Chris Lisa and Mark Warner, and we're gone.